Hi, I'm Arlen Walker, and I'm live from Pelham's Wasteland, and today I'm going to talk a little bit more about my Sword and Planet setting. Um, specifically, I have created a character to play in this setting solo to go along with the uh, regular kind of GM-led campaign that I'm going to be doing. Um and so I'm going to talk a little bit about this character, and then I'm going to talk through a, a sample combat in Song of Swords to hopefully give people an idea of how combat plays out. So let us get into it. All right, so let's start by talking about the character. So the character I've made... Because this is a Sword and Planet series, of course, we need at least one kind of Earthborn character who is involved in the story. And so the character I have made is Adam Nelson of Earth. Adam is a um, kind of a big, strong guy. He's uh, I sort of based him in some ways off of... Um, or rather, he's kind of similar to uh, Tom Buchanan in The Great Gatsby in the sense of he's kind of uh, comes from money. He had a lot of uh, – he's big and he's strong and he's had a lot of kind of, you know, maybe a little privilege in his life. Went to good schools and all that sort of stuff. Learned how to – his particular sport is fencing, which he – turns out to be remarkably good at, even if he's not kind of that so much of that sort of agile build. Um, but he is, uh, he is uh, certainly kind of heroic. I'm imagining that he is, he's kind of, you know, he's sort of stands head and shoulders above lesser men in a sense, but he's also brought down by his own flaws. And in particular, part of my idea was that he was in World War One and uh, suffers or has been suffering from that, basically uh, some type of, you know, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, all of that sort of stuff from being an officer in the First World War. And so he's also a hard drinker in addition to being a very capable duelist and all sorts of other stuff. Um, so he's, you know, and he's um, mechanically for the race, um, just having every, every player character basically be human, but he's human earthling instead of human um, Vaish or human Tarsh. Um, mechanically that won't do anything different about the, the character in terms of the Song of Swords mechanics, but that will sort of dis describe their race and place in the world and all that sort of stuff. So I used uh, 23 points to build this character, which puts him in the high fantasy, heroic, historical, and fantasy ethics range, which is designed to be, you know, like I said, kind of head and shoulders above lesser men that he starts off as a, a really kind of very capable sword and planet style hero. Um, so he's got eight strength four agility, endurance, health, will, intelligence, six wit, five perception, which means his adroitness is five. His mobility is eight. His carry is 12 toughness. 
he actually has five toughness because he took the boon robust. He has seven charisma and four grit because he started with two plus two for his uh, soldiering background. Um, his boons, robust and impressive voice. His skills are a little bit all over the place. I didn't want to just recreate uh, the character that I had created for another setting um, that I talked about before. So his skills are kind of a little all over the place, but he has some athletics, some climbing, some drill, some intimidation, some navigation, some observation, some oration, a little bit of stealth, a little bit of strategy, some surgery, some swimming, some tactics, and some thievery. All kind of broad. That's one of the ideas, I think, with a lot of uh, Sword and Planet or the, the kind of sword and general heroes is that they often have sort of a broad skill set. And so that's definitely part of the idea. Combat-wise, he has, like I said, five adroitness. He fights... Um, he's trained to use a dagger, a one-handed sword, a spear, polearm, or firearm. And I pictured this. The dagger, spear, and polearm are all from training to... And firearms are all from training to fight in um, World War One. Obviously, like bayonet drills and things like that. And shooting with a, a gun. And then one-handed sword is from his days as a, a fencer perhaps in college or something like that. He's at level six with the soldier proficient soldier school, which gives him two talents, and two maneuvers to be specialized in his uh, special maneuvers are beat and master strike. Um, both of which I think will be pretty useful. His talents, he's got head guard, which I figure will be really useful in this setting where there's not a lot of armor and Therefore, he's not um, likely to be wearing a helmet at all. And then weapon primacy rapier. So that's sort of what he fights with primarily is that he's got a rapier. And then he's got some uh, flintlock pistols. He's got two of them, one on each hip, presumably, that he can uh, shoot with if he needs to as well. So... And then what else does he have? Well, he's got the classic. He doesn't have any kind of heavy gear on his upper body. I picture him. He's got kind of like a loose cotton shirt type thing. And then he's got kind of heavier leather um, belt and breeches and boots that are, you know, that part of him is a little bit armored. And then he probably also, he probably also has leather gloves, I'm thinking, too. Why don't I add that to his uh, armor, because that seems like that would be appropriate. Let's do reinforced leather gloves. Reinforced leather glove. Four, three, three. Do those have any weight? They do not have any weight, and they cost two silver pieces, so not a big deal for its cost. He has a fair bit left over, which he's probably going to use. He's probably going to use his leftover cash from character creation because he has a fair bit left over in order to uh, 
I don't know. We might we might buy down his uh class. Actually, let's do that. Let's buy down his class because he only spent a couple of GP. So we could buy down his class from 15 GP to 5 GP and in exchange buy up his schools and proficiency points from 9 to 12, which gives him two more levels in the soldier proficiency, which gives him one more soldier school, which gives him one more talent. Yep, that gives him one more talent. Or another possibility. Oh no, we can't really we can't really give him a different school because he hasn't doesn't have enough money to pay for that. But I think the soldier proficiency, soldier school will be good. And maybe later on we can give him another another school to represent him learning in a different uh, environment. All right, what's another talent that we could give him then? What's another good talent? Um, do, 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 do. Ooh, good form. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Good Form Master Strike. Good form reduces the cost of performing this maneuver. It would help if I could spell, but reduces the cost of performing this maneuver. Master Strike is only going to cost. X plus Y plus 1 now instead of X plus Y plus 2, meaning essentially it's going to cost him 1 die from the pool instead of 2 to activate the Master Strike, which is really good because I figure that's going to be really useful to a lot of the ways that he fights. Um, Master Strike is, uh, is pretty powerful. And now his CP pool is adroitness 5, plus 1 for weapon primacy to 6, plus 8 is equal to 14 instead of 12. All right. Adam Nelson changed up a little bit, a little bit less. A little bit less money in his pockets, but a little bit more skilled with a blade. Um, and that is basically the character. Like I said, we, we bought down his stuff. We bought a number of Boon and Bane points for him so that he could get a robust and impressive voice. Um, so he is... a. A leader of men, he's tough, he hits really hard. With strength 8, his strength damage bonus is 4, which is equal to most characters' toughness, which means that he is going to hit very hard in combat um, relative to most characters. The human average for all these stats, remember, is 4, so strength damage bonus for the average character is only 2. 
which means that he is going to, like I said, hit harder than the average character. So I'm going to pause the recording, and when I come back, we're going to do a sample fight with a uh, another fencer. All right, so I have created Adam Nelson. I have also created what is essentially a fairly average human, a, a fencer for him to fight. This fencer uses the one-handed rapier. He's got a little bit of skill in it, but his uh, CP pool, his combat pool is much smaller than Adam's because he is basically an average human. Adam's is 14, and this guy, this generic fencer, only has a pool of eight. Um, so we will have to see what's going to happen in the fight, but I'm pretty sure Adam is going to win. Um, however, let's just to... We're going to try to make it interesting. We're going to do no superior maneuvers in the first um, section of the fight. So first off, we have declaration of stances. Adam is going to go defensive. The enemy fencer is going to go aggressive. So enemy fencer takes initiative. Enemy fencer is going to thrust. What? Where is he going to thrust? He is going to thrust to the chest. Yeah, he's going to thrust at the chest. He knows that Adam, maybe he doesn't know that Adam can defend himself more adeptly with uh, attacks to the head, but he's going to uh, defend himself He's going to thrust to the belly, actually. That's that's what he's going to do. And how many CP is he going to allocate? He's going to allocate six CP out of eight for his thrust to the belly. Adam is going to have to allocate more CP because the rapier is actually better at thrusting than it is at defending. It's got a target number of six for thrusting and a target number of seven for defending. So this guy's going to... Plus, in order to steal the initiative, Adam needs one bonus success on his parry relative to the opponent. So he needs one more success in order to steal initiative. He'll stop the blow entirely if he gets the same number of successes, but he won't actually steal initiative. So he's going to parry with ten uh, from his pool. So, fencer's thrust, 60, 10, greater than 6. Only two successes on the fencer's thrust. Excuse me. Adam parrying with 10, greater than 7. Six successes. So, he's easily able to parry away the thrust from this other fencer. And now the other fencer is in serious trouble because Adam has four dice left in his pool and the other fencer only has two, which means that Adam is going to make a thrust. He is going to do precisely the same. No, he's not going to do precisely the same thing. He is going to thrust at his opponent's upper leg. Thrusting at the upper leg with four dice, the opponent, the fencer, can only parry with two dice. So let's see, Adams thrust four, d10, greater than six. 
is three successes versus the opponent has one success. So Adam has a net of two successes. So now we need to go to the damage formula. And we're going to figure out how much. Well, first, what we need to do is we need to roll 1d10 slash r 1d10 to figure out precisely where Adam's hit lands. So we rolled a 2. And for a thrust to the upper leg, that is the knee. Adam is going to stab this guy in the knee. Then we need to get the uh, damage. So total damage is the damage strength bonus plus the weapon damage plus the bonus successes minus the defense, which is the toughness, the armor value, and any miscellaneous bonuses or penalties. Um, so strength damage bonus for Adam is four. He's very strong. Damage bonus for the weapon is zero. Rapier is not going to do a whole lot of extra damage. Um, unfortunately, just based on it being itself. But he got two bonus successes, which means that he is looking at six minus the opponent's toughness, which is four for a level two wound. A level two wound means... Right? That's, yeah, level two. Six minus four equals two. A level two wound. So we're going to do a level two wound to the knee and figure out what happens with that. Oh, and my, my PDF reader is being very slow, so you'll have to excuse the pause as I try to flip through the pages to find the, the right page for the wound charts, the knee. So this is a piercing blow, level two, inflicts one stun, seven pain, and four bleed. Stability versus two required successes, and it says an injury to the knee. So first off, we're gonna, what is the fencer's Grit is only two, which means that he's going to lose his pain minus his grit in dice from the pool. So he's only going to have three dice to his pool because it's seven minus two is equal to five dice that he's losing. He's only going to have three dice out of his eight to his pool next, uh, next refresh for the fight. But he also has to make a stability test versus two required successes in order to stay upright. Stability test is a little different, so we use the character's mobility versus a target number of four. So this is going to be 6d10 greater than or equal to four. And he makes it. Not surprising because he's got pretty good mobility. Um, he's able to stay upright, is not knocked prone by this, but the pain is the real problem. So Adam still has the initiative because the blow was not successfully blocked. After stabbing him in the knee, Adam is going to try to finish off 
this fencer. He is going to go straight for the head. Yeah, he's going to target. No, he's going to target the neck. Because why not? Try to stab him in the neck with his rapier. Adam is going to thrust with 10. Fencer only has three left, so he's going to try to defend with three. So Adam with 10 dice, six successes. The fencer parrying with three dice, no successes. Which basically means from here we know that Adam is going to do a level 5 wound because it's going to be 6 successes plus 4 for the strength damage bonus is equal to 10 minus 4 for the um, toughness of the fencer is equal to 6 and a level 5 wound is the max level wound and a level 5 wound to the head, neck, or chest. But let's roll the 1d10 anyway just to see exactly where it lands. It lands... On the chest. So Adam has struck, stabbed for the neck, actually hits him in the upper part of the chest. But Adam has basically run this guy right through. Um, I will read the description just in case anybody is wondering. Chest. Level 5 piercing. There's no stun, no pain, and no bleed listed because this person is dead. Heart or spine pierced, death is instantaneous. So, yes, Adam has just run this guy through. Um, but you've seen um, a little bit of how the combat system works. The back and forth, the interplay of the different kind of subsystems that make up combat in uh, Song of Swords, and we have given Adam, our uh, sword and planet hero, his first kill, not likely to be his last, given the way that sword and planet heroes interact with the world. Um, but yeah, that was pretty fun. At least I thought it was pretty fun. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. And um, yeah, I think I'm going to come in with the outro. All right. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you had fun listening. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, I am at Cows from Powers on Twitter, as well as being here on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Pelham's Wasteland. And I'm probably going to put this up on YouTube. So if you're listening on YouTube, maybe, you know, comment or like or something like that. Um, yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening. I've been Arlen Walker. I've been live from Pelham's Wasteland, and I will see you next time. Take care, everybody.